All right. Before I uh, get into the fun stuff, I want to give a little serious PSA. So bear with me because I don't like being serious on this thing because this is my outlet. This is my time to get away from the stupid world that we live in. So I'm just going to give out this PSA and then we'll move on. But um, if you have friends that are anything like me with depression and they're living alone, please go check on them because we're not doing okay. Yes, we're introverted, but there's only so much aloneness we can take because <sighs> I'm <sighs> it's hard to explain I'm <sighs> it's just hard to deal with all of this and then have this conflicting feeling of not wanting to be alone but yeah so now that that's out of the way, let's move on to the real stuff. This is the new episode of Halloween the Podcast. I am Caitlin. Welcome. I know it's Thursday. If you follow me on Twitter for the podcast, you will know that I said that it will be posted today because I was waiting on a piece of equipment because my microphone actually came in one week early so I'm on my new microphone I hope you can tell a difference I know you'll probably be able to hear my dogs more now because this microphone picks up everything but the piece of equipment that I was waiting on was a way to convert USB to lightning cable because I tried to use my microphone on my laptop and it just was not working out for me so easier to use it on my phone than not use it at all so I you know didn't waste the money to buy this microphone but today I wanted to do independent film and then I started thinking about something because these past two weeks literally these past two weeks I have watched the show Z Nation all the way through twice. I don't know if you've seen Z Nation. I highly recommend it. It is extremely low budget. But you know what? I don't think that matters when it comes to good content because dare I say this show is better than The Walking Dead. Because you know as much as I love Greg Nicotero and his work that show is going down because it's more like a soap opera now than it is a zombie show it is just drama and then you sprinkle in a zombie or two and there you go that's the walking dead now but no z nation mm, z nation is really they got a new thing going on every episode rather than one scenario spread out um, like among five episodes and then it just gets irritating because they keep giving you you know cliffhangers and it's just yeah you know <laughs> but I want to talk about actually 
the company that produces um, Z Nation. I mean, it's now over. There's only five seasons. And they did not renew it for a sixth one. I actually am really sad that they didn't renew it for a sixth one. Even though I'm not one of those people that likes shows to be dragged out for a lot of uh, seasons. This is one show that I wouldn't have mind a sixth season. And like another show that I don't mind being dragged out is Supernatural. Gotta love it. But um, I want to talk about the production company that makes Z Nation. I want to talk about the Asylum Productions. So last night I got sucked into a wormhole. A wormhole of low budget, really bad shark movies. If you are friends with me on Snapchat, you saw my story last night. I'll post it to my Twitter so that way y'all know what I'm talking about. I kind of lost it. But um, the Asylum, they are also the production company. Not only did they do Z Nation, but they've also done all six of the Sharknado movies. We all know what goes down on Sharknado. And if you don't know, you do. Don't lie. We all have that guilty pleasure of curiosity that made us watch at least one of those movies. And so we know the madness that ensues in those movies. (laughs) I used to say, because I have, you know, whenever you go to Walmart... You see like those eight pack of like low budget movies and it's just like random movies that independent filmmakers have made or just like, you know, people doing it for fun. Well, I have like 10 of them and at least on three of them, one movie is consistent on three of those discs and it's I Am Omega. And the Asylum produced that movie. And I only started thinking about it because when I was watching the really bad shark movies yesterday, I googled the Asylum and saw that I Am Omega was from them. And I remember watching that a long time ago because it was back in like 2010 that I watched it. Um, The fact that it was awful. And so... I started realizing after I googled the Asylum, it was supposed to be like a great value version of I Am Legend. And then when I saw all the movies produced by the Asylum, that's exactly what they are. As much as I hate saying it, and like even though I do enjoy a lot of their shows, because you may not know this, if you are watching Black Summer on Netflix, that is from the Asylum. So, some things I like from them, but a lot of their things is like a great value version of the real thing. So let's talk a little bit about the Asylum first before we go into it. I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory. The Asylum is an American independent film company and distributor that focuses on producing low-budget direct-to-video films. The company has produced titles that capitalize on productions by major studios, often using film titles and scripts very similar to those of current blockbusters in order to lure customers. These titles have been dubbed mockbusters by the press. 
Its titles are distributed by Echo Bridge Home Entertainment. See, I told you, great value versions of the real thing. So let's get into a little bit of history. The asylum was founded by the director, David Michael Latt, and former Village Roadshow executive, David Ramawi, uh, sorry if I butchered your name, and Sherry Strain in 1997. The company focused on producing straight-to-video low-budget films, usually in the horror genre, but were unable to find a market due to competition from major studios such as Lionsgate Entertainment. In 2005, the company produced a low-budget adaptation of H.G. Wells' The World War... Uh, World. Uh, I'm so sorry, guys. H.G. Wells' The World <laughs> War of the Worlds. I cannot talk today. Which was released in the same year as Steven Spielberg's adaptation of the same material. Blockbuster Incorporation ordered 100,000 copies of the Asylum's adaptation, a significantly larger order than any other company's previous uh, releases, resulting in Lat and Ramawi reconsidering their business model. <sighs> okay. In 2007, similarities between the distributor's films, uh, distributor's titles, and those of major studios were reported. For example, the film Transmorphers bears a number of similarities to the film Transformers, which was released theatrically two days after the release of Transmorphers. According to Lat, I'm not trying to dupe anybody. I'm just trying to get my films watched. Other people, due to tie-ins all the time, they're just better at being uh, subtle about it. Another studio might have a giant robot movie, and that ties into the Transformers former's release and call it Robot Wars. We'll call ours Transmorphers. <laughs> In 2008, 20th Century Fox threatened legal action against the asylum over The Day the Earth Stopped, a film capitalizing on the day the Earth stood still. In 2009, asylum producer David Ramawi stated in an interview that most asylum films break even after about three months. So they're, they are conscious about what they're doing. It kind of makes me laugh because it's pretty clever, you know? Uh, it's like, change a few words and they won't notice. Like, you know how, like, you're in high school and you plagiarize a thing and you're like, maybe if I change, like, a word here and a punctuation there, maybe she won't notice that I totally copied and pasted from Google. But, you know, every company, no matter who you are, I mean, I'm pretty sure 20th Century Fox and Lionsgate and all those other companies have faced lawsuits of some kind. So what's a production company without a couple of lawsuits? So similarly, in May 2012, Universal Pictures filed the lawsuit against the Asylum for their film American Battleship, claiming infringement on their movie Battleship. As a result, the asylum changed their title to American Warships. In 2013, Warner Brothers, New Line Cinema, Metro, I'm just going to say MGM, and the Hobbit producer Saul Zaints commenced legal action against the asylum for their film Age of the Hobbits, later called Lord of the Elves, claimed that they were free riding on the worldwide promotional campaign for Peter Jackson's forthcoming films. 
The Asylum claimed its movie is legally sound because its hobbits are not based on the J.R.R. Tolkien creations. The lawsuit resulted in a temporary restraining order preventing the Asylum from releasing the film on its scheduled release date. So, I think it's safe to say that David, what's his last name again, David Latt and David Ramawi and Sherry Strain are pretty genius. If you, if you gotta like look at it in a certain way, they're pretty genius because how else can you ride the coattails of major productions and also bank off of it? I'm not trying to slam anyone here. I really am not. I, I'm proud of y'all. Y'all, y'all know what y'all are doing. Get some from the big man. Why not? Let's all do it. Let's all make some duped movies. I mean, I know they said they don't dupe, but let's be honest. It's a dupe. In February 2015, the asylum signed a multi-year deal with Cynodyme Corp. The deal provided 12 films over three years. Never heard of Cynodyme. Let's look into them. Cinedime is an American entertainment company headquartered in Los Angeles, California. Okay. No one cares. All right. Now that we got the history out of the way, let's talk about output. We can talk about television. So the Asylum has produced Z Nation for Sci-Fi Network, which I already talked about. I love it. The show is about a group that attempts to get the only known person with immunity of the zombie virus from New York to the last operating CDC lab in California. According to showrunner Carl Schaefer, the show is intended to bring a sense of hope to the horror of the apocalypse. Ratings for Z Nation have been unexpectedly high and at about 1.6 million viewers per episode and has been renewed for a fifth season. Little do they know. <laughs> An eight-episode spinoff of Z Nation. Oh, I didn't know Black Summer was a spinoff. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Black Summer has been ordered by Netflix. It focuses on a mother who is searching for her daughter during the worst summer of the zombie apocalypse. <gasps> Guys! So if you watch Z Nation... They talk about Black Summer a lot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I should have known. Black Summer. Oh my God. Guys, I feel stupid. I feel hella stupid. What the fuck? I'm like, my mind is blown right now because the fact that I watched Black Summer without finishing Z Nation all those years ago because like I tend to like watch a couple episodes and then completely forget about it until like two years later and then go oh yeah I need to finish watching that show that's what I did to Z Nation oh my god okay let me get past this mind blown right right here okay the show I don't know this word. Eschews the comedy elements. <laughs> I'm sorry if I said that wrong. You can correct me on Twitter or something. <sighs> the show, blah, 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 the comedy elements of the parent series and focuses instead on horror themes. Yeah, 
But Sea Nation has a lot of comedy aspects to it. And Black Summer has the completely opposite note of Z Nation, so I can see that. The Asylum maintains a channel on streaming service Pluto TV, which showcases its movies. I'm going to have to find that channel because as much as I dislike some of their movies, some, a lot of their other movies are really great. Like, I'm not going to lie. I love Rise of the Zombies because, you know, who doesn't love Danny Trejo? I'm actually looking at my Rise of the Zombies in my collection of movies right here. So it was like in ice. <laughs> I shot so I was able to see it and name it right off the bat. Oh, so let's talk about some of their movies. <clears throat> in 2009, the Asylum's usual budget for production was well under a million dollars, and films would typically break even after about three months. The company's productions have been called B-movies and mockbusters. Lat prefers the term tie-ins to mockbusters, stating that the Asylum's productions, even those that capitalize on major releases, contain original stories, which is true. I'm not going to say it's not true. It is very true. They do have alternative sto uh, stories in the film. <clears throat> Excuse me. I need some water. Lat states that the company plans uh, its productions around the word of mouth of financial prospects of up upcoming films. The Asylum's pr uh, films are usually released on video shortly before the theatrical release of a major studio film with similar themes or storylines. The Asylum has also produced films that strong religious, uh, with strong religious themes. For example, The Apocalypse was initially developed as a straightforward disaster film in the style of Deep Impact, but Lat states that certain buyers wanted the company to develop a religious film. As a result, the company consulted priests and rabbis in order to incorporate faith-based elements. The division Faith Films was created in order to, to distribute titles with such themes. Sunday School Musical was produced after the Asylum staff attended a seminar marketing to a Christian audience where the seminar's host suggested that the perfect film would be a Christian version of High School Musical. What the fuck, guys? <laughs> I did not like High School Musical, and I can guarantee you I will not watch Sunday School Musical. The Asylum productions sometimes feature more over sexuality or graphic violence than their major studio counterparts because the Asylum's releases are not in competition with films rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America. Rolf Potts of the New York Times described trans morphers as having no recognizable actors, no merchandising tie-ins, and garbled sound mix. Okay. Also, unlike Transformers, it has cheap special effects and a subplot involving lesbians. The 2008 release Death Racers feature the hip-hop group Insane Clown Posse and wrestler Scott Raven Levy. Levy. I don't watch wrestling, if you can't tell, in major roles. In 2009, the Asylum released its first 3D picture, Sex Pot. Okay. I want to talk about their list of movies real quick because they didn't, you know, touch base on all of the movies. I found a list of every single movie they've produced. They've produced 254 titles. <laughs> um, the very first film that they produced came out in 1999 called Belly Fruit. 
I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a drama, yes, but I don't know what it's about. So if you know what it's about, let me know because I want to know. Um, I've noticed that apart from making mock busters, the asylum loves to make shark movies. How do I know that, you ask? That's a great question. Thank you for asking that question. <laughs> I just assume y'all asked that question. But <laughs> I don't know if y'all have seen Sharknado. I'm going to assume y'all have because I've seen all six. Yes, I've wasted my life watching all six of those movies. I don't know why either. Don't ask me questions I don't know the answers to. <laughs> but they also make other series of movies. And this is what my Snapchat story that I basically lost it on was about. I was making fun of what I thought little team meetings the asylum would have about how to make sharks scary. And I was like saying, let's put them in a tornado. Yeah, yeah, let's put them in a tornado. Let's like make six movies off of that. Okay, so Sharknado, how else can we make them scary? So another series that uh, the asylum has is multiple headed shark attack movies. They have two headed shark attack, three headed shark attack. They skip four, go straight to five headed shark attack. And then after more research, realize that there was a six headed shark attack movie. Guys. <laughs> I don't know, with more research that I saw, I clicked on a link. I don't know how reliable it is, but if it's true, that means not too much further away, we will have a yet another seven-headed shark attack. But like I said, I don't know if that link is real. The asylum didn't post it, so I'm not going to say it's real until I see it for sure, and then I'll keep y'all up to date on that. But till then... Yeah, but that's not the only other shark series they have. You might recognize this once I get to naming off a couple of the movies. Let me find them because this is another shark series they have. <clears throat> Excuse me. I really do need some water. Okay, I found it. Here is the shark series that they have. Maybe you've heard of it. I don't know because... During Shark Week on Discovery Channel, Sci-Fi has their own version of Shark Week, but with really bad shark movies, like low-budget shark movies, and they tend to only play The Asylum, as far as, uh, as far as I've seen. I mean, they did play Sand Shark, which is not The Asylum Productions, but it's bad. Uh, sharks swimming in the sand? Come on, guys. But anyway, um, <clears throat> off topic. <sighs> The Shark series, that only has four movies, by the way, is Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus, Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark, and Mega Shark versus Colossus. So, 
they love making, you know, bad low budget shark movies. That might have been around the time, you know, I should do some more research and I'll update you in the next episode about it. But uh, they might have released those around the time Godzilla was, you know, versing everything else. But yeah, I want to talk to y'all about some of their um, knockoffs, some of their mockbusters. In 2016, they made a movie called Independence. Not Independence. I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T-S. Not C-E. Independence Day. In 2016, they also released a movie called Sinister Squad. You can guess what that one's off of. They did War of the Worlds, and then they made a sequel. I didn't know there was a sequel to War of the Worlds. Maybe you can guess what the mock one of this one is. Alien vs. Hunter. The Day the Earth Stopped. That one was released in 2008. They made The Terminators. They have another uh, shark movie. It's called Shark Week. Then all of the uh, Sharknados. We already know about that. Then they got Apocalypse uh, Pompeii. Instead of Robocop, they made Android Cop. <laughs> they made... San Andreas Quake. And it's not on the list yet. I have to hit next. But they also made a sequel to the San Andreas Quake with San Andreas Mega Quake. They made Avengers Grimm. I'm going to assume that's like Brothers Grimm, but superhero-y. They got Battle of Los Angeles instead of Battle Los Angeles. Which, by the way, I like that movie. They got a sequel to Titanic. Did, I bet y'all didn't know there was a sequel. So I'm going to assume this was based off of the movie 2012 because they made 2012 Doomsday. And then a sequel to it. or No, it's not a sequel. It's just 2012 Ice Age. Or maybe it is a sequel. I'm not. I don't work for them, so I don't know. <laughs> they made another bad shark movie called Planet of the Sharks. Which is also a mockbuster of, you're right, you guessed it, Planet of the Apes. 2007, I Am Omega, we talked about that earlier, disliked it very much. It was bad. They got 2006, Snakes on a Train. <laughs> Invasion of the Pod People. So yeah, as you can tell, a lot of these movies are just... A little too obvious when it comes to knockoffs, if you know what I mean. But um, I'm not saying in any way is that a bad thing. Because like I said, I'm okay with you riding the coattails. Make your dollar. We all want to make our dollar. And heck, some of that stuff's good. I mean, I actually love Black Summer. Because I just found out two days ago that Black Summer was from the Asylum. And it's a fantastic show. And then Z Nation, love it. I love Z Nation. 
And as much as I hate admitting it, I loved the first Sharknado. Only the first one, though. <laughs> but, you know, this is a world where we're all allowed to be different. We're all allowed to like our own things. So there's no point in knocking each other for having our own opinions on certain movies. I... I'm just going to say keep on rocking, you know? Keep on doing your thing, The Asylum. And if you need any help, if you want help writing movies, hit me up. I'm down. I love horror movies. You have no idea how much I love horror movies. I'm like looking around at all the horror movies I have and I'm just like, you really have no idea how much I love horror movies. <laughs> And horror television shows. Because I have Ash vs. the Evil Dead. And that's a great television show. Despite the fact that it wasn't on standard television. It was on premium television. <laughs> but yeah. I'm always down to watch a horror movie. Always down. Now. Before we conclude this episode. I want to. Do a couple of updates on this podcast. I am now officially on iHeartRadio. I got the email last night. I'm proud to say that I am officially on iHeartRadio. And I'm so happy because that means that this podcast is going in the direction I want it to. And, you know, it's all thanks to you, my 10 listeners. Thank you so much for everything y'all are doing. And please do not hesitate to talk to me. Mainly because I am one of those people that I was talking about at the beginning of this episode. But also, you know, I'm here for the people that I don't know. I would rather a complete stranger talk to me about their problems than, you know, not hear anything at all. I, I don't want someone to be suffering the way I am right now. It's kind of not fair, to be quite honest. So do not hesitate to talk to me. I am a cool person as far as I know. I, I mean, I think I'm cool. <laughs> but yeah, don't hesitate to message me. I will message back. And let me move on to the news. If I can find it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, some news. Last night I couldn't get to sleep. So I was watching uh, the original Black and White Night of the Living Dead. This is off topic from the news. I just was thinking about it. And I just remember hearing, they're coming for you, Barbara. And every time I hear that, I'm just like, man, how else... Are you able to recognize that movie unless you hear that? Because that's such an iconic scene. <sighs> Sorry. I, I get in my feels when I talk about Night of the Living Dead. Because it's my favorite. Alright. Oh gosh. Hang on a second. I just saw something and it freaked me out. So we're going to click on it and see if it's true. And if it is, I'll read it to you. 
I got a burp, guys, and I don't want to burp in your ears. All right, that's taking too long. Okay. It says, parents are terrorized by their son's imaginary friend in Z trailer. What is Z trailer, guys? Who hasn't had an imaginary friend at some point? Whether it's a personification of your favorite stuffed animal, a kind, invisible creature to tell your innermost secrets to, or a malevolent monster to wreak vengeance on all of the kids who ignored you and your parents for grounding you. Anyway, this horror streaming service Shudder, I have it, I love it, has acquired the indie horror film Z from writer-director Brandon Christensen and writer-producer Colin Minahan, Minihan, Minivan, I don't know, which is about a family finding themselves terrorized by their eight-year-old's imaginary friend. While the film was released last year at the Overlook Film Festival, it will now be released to the public on Shutter, presumably sometime later this year. So what do you think? And do you have any imaginary friends growing up? Either way, sound off below. Okay, so this kind of reminds me. Oh, yep, there it is. Of the Babadook. And a little bit of uh, Amityville Horror. It's given me a lot of different vibes. But yeah, that's pretty cool. I have the shutter, so I'll keep my eye out for it. And I will definitely do a review on it for y'all if you want me to. Um, a couple of other news items. Uh, Roger Corman creates a quarantine film festival. Uh, festival. Wow. Festival for filmmakers at home. That's really cool. Bruce Campbell wants a role in Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange sequel. I totally support that. Sam Raimi, do it. Do it. We all need a little bit of Bruce Campbell in our lives. It's fucking groovy. Just do it. Do it. <laughs> all right. Um, we Summon the Darkness starring... Alexandra Daddario coming to disc in June. I think that's the movie that was like produced by Taylor Swift's brother. I will definitely uh, buy that so I can review it for y'all and see if the brother is better at his job than his sister. <laughs> and that's about it. Oh, uh, Todd McFarlane says live action Spawn TV series is a possibility. Let's do it. Let's bring it. I think that's all I have on news. Next week, I uh, don't know what I'm going to do yet. I have some ideas. But I'm thinking I'm going to do this independent film production company or, or, or just films in general once a month. Because, you know, we got to support the independent film industry. Major film is not the only thing out there. And there's a lot of films that are indie films that are way better than regular high-budget high marketing films so we all gotta start gotta give you know we gotta give those chances to those small companies because otherwise you know they're gonna die out and that's just not cool you know the movie teeth was an independent film we all talk about that you know if the independent film industry fails we won't get cool funny 
movies like that anymore. I know it's not supposed to be funny, but I thought it was funny. So we all got to start doing our part and support indie films and watch the fuck out of them. All right, guys, that is it from me today. I will see y'all next week, most likely on Wednesday. I'm sorry that it took me uh, an extra day to get this done. I just wanted to make sure that I got everything I needed for my equipment. So I'm signing off. I will see y'all next week and wash your hands, stay safe, and go watch a scary movie because, you know, that's what we do best. Goodbye, my spooky friends. Goodbye.